Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, last night was a special night. I surprised some people. Last night here in Asheville, North Carolina, was one of the coldest nights in history for April the 16th. It snowed here last night. And the wind was blowing so badly, so hard, it would knock you over. And it especially whips through the streets of downtown Asheville, which is great in the middle of summer when it's hot. But it'll cut right through you when it's cold like this. You would have never guessed that we weren't running around in the middle of January last night. And yet, we had a haunted Asheville walking tour. And... Yes, we had a big crowd of people, even under those conditions, from all over the country, as far away as Florida, Texas. People came from all over to get out and walk around and do the tour. And uh, we had publicized that the tour was going to be led by my friend Christian McLeod, who, of course, is the president of the Asheville Cryptid Society. But I said, you know what? I haven't given the tour myself in quite a while, so... uh, I'm going to give the tour tonight and uh, let everybody, you know, all my staff have a rest. Maybe I'll even remember some details that my my staff has forgotten, uh, since I'm the one especially who collected all the stuff in the Mystery Museum. And so when the crowd gathered last night, I said, hey, everybody, I'm going to be your tour guide tonight. Now, this was not publicized or promoted in any way. Total surprise. I said, I'm going to be your tour guide tonight. And uh, I am so happy that you are so enthusiastic that you would come out on this frigid, blustery night that I am going to give everybody a free tour tonight. So I'm going to refund everybody's money, and we are just going to have fun and enjoy ourselves. And that is exactly what we did. And I'll tell you what. We ran around downtown Asheville for about two and a half hours. I took a break in the middle. We went into a nice little bar there on Eagle Street called The Block, and everybody got to warm up for a minute and have a drink and converse a little bit and socialize. And by the time that night was over, I'm telling you, they didn't want to leave. (laughs) We had to almost turn the lights out in the museum. Everybody had such a wonderful time. And uh, it's funny because we had one couple who were from a little town outside of Houston, which also happens to be the town where my wife grew up. And at one point, Lauren was talking to them, and uh, the fella said, you know, we're having a wonderful experience. Is he serious about refunding our money? And Lauren said, yep. And he goes, why would he do that? And she said, because you never know what Joshua is going to do, and he likes to surprise people. And uh, sure enough, as soon as I got home last night, even though everybody had a wonderful experience, uh, and I expect some good reviews, uh, I did immediately refund everybody's money. So everybody had a really just an unexpected experience and you know when I do my big event coming up in Las Vegas which is less than a month away now May 16th 17th and 18th well guess what I've got some surprises for those who attend as well so uh it's fun to do that and uh, it, it makes sure that everybody's in a good mood and it is a way for me to express my gratitude 
for the people who come out and participate in these things that uh, I find so fun and rewarding. So if you want to actually see some pictures from me guiding the Haunted Asheville tour last night, uh, you can go to my social media, go to my Twitter feed, and I'll post some pictures there. Uh, it's, uh, Josh, at Joshua P. Warren is Twitter. Um, or uh, if you're a Facebook friend, you'll, you can find me there easily as well. All that stuff is linked up through my website. So just keep in mind, if you take a Haunted Asheville ghost tour, which is Asheville's oldest and original ghost tour and i believe it is now officially the largest walking tour in Asheville. um well you never know when i might just pop up there as a surprise and and be your guide and uh, maybe even give you the tour for free and in fact i figured that since everything's so fresh on my mind after uh, such a great time last night i think what i'm going to do here in this podcast is tell you one of the stories from the haunted Asheville ghost tour and uh, it's it's very difficult for me actually to to do this podcast and and to decide which thing I want to talk about because I have so many things I could talk about. I mean, like last night, Lauren and I we we got back home about three o'clock in the morning, and what do we do? We sat down, we watched Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Now, if you've never seen that movie, listen, it's an R-rated movie, and uh, some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. I think it's an ingenious film, and uh, it really does parody and satire the things that we take so seriously in life. You could spend a lot of time talking about that. I mean, I was being interviewed uh, a couple days ago by a radio uh, show in Los Angeles, and uh, the host was asking me, how do you even attempt to do a daily podcast and I said well look this is my life I'm immersed in things that are constantly leaving me scratching my head I mean uh, you know I've been self-employed since I was 18 years old and this is what I do I travel around investigating things and talking to people and interviewing people and doing research and doing experiments and there's just always so much to talk about uh, but that's great, because I know I'll never run out of material for this podcast. But today, like I say, because I did the tour last night, I want to tell you the story of Asheville's largest mass murder killing spree, known as the Will Harris Murders. And um, to me, um, this is outstanding for a number of reasons, but... Uh, I can just, I can visualize this whole thing like a movie, you know. And the ghosts that were created by this incident are still prominent to this day. Um, you, you have to think a little bit about how technology has changed law enforcement. I mean, this killing spree I'm about to tell you about happened in November of 1906. So that's over 100 years ago. And uh, today, you know, we have cameras everywhere and we have all these different methods of identifying people. But back then, I mean, the world was a rougher place because it was easier to get away with things. Uh, In fact, this is kind of a funny little side story, but um, just several days ago, I went to a gas station here in western North Carolina. And when I walked in, I looked over and I saw that there was a fella at the uh the the front there talking to the cashier 
and the guy had a gun on his side but he didn't really look like he was wearing much of a uniform like a policeman and then I saw he had some handcuffs on his belt and then I noticed he had some kind of little flimsy looking badge on his belt and I was like what kind of a fella is this right and I, I got uh, up there to pay and the dude stepped back a little bit he was wearing a ball cap and I looked at his shirt and his shirt he was wearing a t-shirt okay and his his t-shirt said in scroll bounty hunter <laughs> and uh, so I, I found this quite humorous because it seems to me that if you're a bounty hunter you should be like in the beer freezer peeking out between the cans um not running around with the thing you know the t-shirt that says bounty hunter because he as it turns out was working i overheard the guy telling the cashier that he was there because he is uh, expecting some other guy to pop up who likes to use stolen credit cards so he thought that somebody was going to walk in the door and he was going to nab that person and in fact the next day i went to another gas station which was close to that gas station and guess who was there yep the bounty hunter was there so he 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 figured he had nailed this down so well that whoever this guy is he was looking for was going to come into one of those stores but i don't know about you if if i knew that uh, i was on the on the run or whatever and i saw a guy who had a shirt that said bounty hunter on it i think i might turn around and go somewhere else how about you but i do respect people who do that i mean i've always who who wouldn't want to go out and get into that kind of mischief right go out and be a bounty hunter you go and you take take down some some thug or whatever and drag them in and get your reward but um in the in the old the olden days um you know bounty hunting and law enforcement and all that stuff got a little blurry you know that's why they would have wanted posters all over the place we want this guy dead or alive you know you don't see that anymore do you dead or alive you drag his dead ass in here we'll pay you right so will harris he escaped from a prison in raleigh north carolina in 1906 they say that he had tried escaping a few times before now this guy had a rap sheet that included pretty much everything you can imagine and uh, he, he, he finally made his successful escape, I believe, by hiding in a load of bricks that was being hauled off the prison property. And uh, sounds risky, doesn't it? But um, he got outside the, the boundary of the property there, and then um, he integrated. And, you know, to drive to Raleigh from Asheville, North Carolina, takes about four hours. Uh, it's a good drive but he gradually made his way from Raleigh the capital of our state to Asheville and supposedly the main reason he did that was because he had an old girlfriend here named Molly Maxwell and he wanted to to see this girl and uh, it's one of those kind of weird moments of coincidence or synchronicity whatever you want to call it when he got into Asheville, the first thing he did was walk into a cafe downtown. And who did he bump into? Molly's sister, a woman named Pearl. So Will Harris went up and started saying, Hey, where's your sister Molly at? Now, 
Pearl had always been told by Molly, if this dude named Will Harris ever comes into town looking for me, don't tell him where I am. And she had actually moved outside of Asheville, but uh, she wasn't that far away. I think she was in an adjoining county. So Pearl says, oh, well, she's moved far away. You know, she moved to Virginia or whatever. Now, Will Harris was an evil man, but he was not a stupid man. And he could tell when someone was lying to him. And so he says, oh, okay, all right, sure. He turns around, he walks out of the cafe, and then he went into a pawn shop called Finkelstein's. Finkelstein's is still in business in Asheville, but it's in a different location now. And Will Harris made three purchases at Finkelstein's, which in retrospect all seemed pretty foreboding. He bought a new suit. He bought a Savage rifle, very popular bolt-action rifle, and a bottle of whiskey. Now, who knows where he got the money for such nice purchases, right? You can only imagine. So then he started asking around town, trying to find out where Pearl lived. And it turns out Pearl just lived kind of right down the hill on a street there called Eagle Street. It's the street I mentioned to you earlier where I said that there is this bar called The Block. It's owned by a very nice lady who is uh, very welcoming, she and her whole staff, toward our uh, our guests, and uh, it's just a really cool place. But I can tell you one thing, there was a time when if I was guiding a tour, I wouldn't have taken you down Eagle Street. It was a, a, a just a hive of criminal activity in Asheville's past. They used to call Eagle Street Hell's Half Acre, and also they called it Saloon Row. So when Will Harris was there in 1906, it was in its heyday um, of criminal activity. And Pearl lived in a little shabby apartment there. So later on that evening, right as the sun was setting, Will Harris, he knocked on Pearl's door and she opened and he helped himself in and she saw he had a gun and she knew this was a very delicate situation and so she was trying to keep him calm and he sat down and he unscrewed or uncorked or whatever the bottle of whiskey and he started drinking it straight out of the bottle and telling her come on now where's molly you know what's going and she's saying i don't know i don't know and he's getting more and more angry and angry and that the, the volume of liquid in that whiskey bottle is getting smaller and smaller and at some point after dark Pearl had a boyfriend who came home and the boyfriend he came in and said what the hell's going on here and he saw oh this looks like a volatile uh, situation so he turned around and left <laughs> he said I, I, I gotta do some other stuff I'll be back later <laughs> so he left he left Pearl in there with old Will Harris, uh, but he went to the police department and told the police what was going on. So a policeman came from the nearby police department, and he knocked on the door. He said, police, open up. And that just so happened to coincide with when Will Harris had finished up that bottle of whiskey. And without hesitation, Will Harris fired that savage rifle through the door, very powerful gun, through the door, hits the officer in the abdomen, and the, the officer 
falls to, to the to the, to the ground and he wallows in blood and dies there and uh, which he becomes victim number one of the killing spree and then Harris kicks open the door and he screams as loud as he can I'm from hell and I'm the meanest son of a bitch you've ever met and then he just starts shooting as he goes walking around Asheville and uh, there was a guy named Benjamin who owned a shop that was right there on Eagle Street and he heard some kind of commotion and came out to see what was going on and Will Harris shot him in the face and killed him right there so that's victim number two and then there was a guy walking home from work and he was just walking you know just passing the street there used to be kind of an alleyway there and he was passing through and Will Harris shot him uh, in the stomach and he also dropped right there and died in the middle of the street now up ahead of Will Harris as he was walking from Eagle Street toward what we now call Biltmore Avenue um, there were a group of three guys who were just shooting the breeze there on the corner and uh, two of them ran but one guy thought that what was happening was some kind of a practical joke and he, he just stood there and Will Harris shot him and uh, the guy had a quarter in his pocket and the bullet hit the corner and ricocheted up into his rib cage and bounced around and he laid there on the corner and died a horrible death at that point Will Harris he turned from Eagle Street to the left going down Biltmore Avenue kind of down toward where Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria is now I'll tell you as a little bit of a side note um, we had a, a US Senator from Asheville named Reynolds and uh, in fact he had a mansion which is now a bed and breakfast called the Reynolds Mansion well Reynolds had a brother who was a judge and Judge Reynolds happened to be across the street that night having a drink at the old British American Club and he always carried a 38 pistol in his breast pocket and the judge came down at this point and he saw what was going on and he started shooting at Will Harris from across the street and Will Harris is shooting at him and neither one of them are hitting each other but Will Harris landed one shot so close to that judge's head that some uh, chips of brick came down over his face and so the judge says okay I think I have pushed my luck and he went back inside and he was unscathed what's weird is that after that this judge was considered the luckiest man in Asheville and yet his brother who went on to become the senator he uh, ended up being attached to the curse of the Hope Diamond now that's another story for another day but the Hope Diamond had its own little story unfold in Asheville and uh, and I promise I'll tell you that on another occasion but anyway, so Will Harris, as he turns and he's going down Biltmore Avenue, there's a second policeman who now runs from the top of the hill, coming down from the big obelisk we have in the center of downtown called the Vance Monument, which honors Governor Zebulon Vance. It was put there in the 1890s. This officer fires down the hill, trying to hit Will Harris in the back but he misses so Will Harris turned and instantly the officer realized that Will Harris was about to shoot at him and there was a pole there and so the officer dodged behind the pole and Will Harris fired and nicked the side of that pole 
But then people who were there who witnessed this said Will Harris did something weird. Um, he was such he was so upset and chaotic, and then all of a sudden it was like this calm overcame him. And he kneeled down on his right knee and he breathed deeply and he took his time and he really aimed. And despite that bottle of whiskey, he was such a marksman that he pulled the trigger on that savage rifle and fired up the hill and the bullet hit the officer in the mouth and exploded out the back of his head. And it continued all the way up the hill till it ricocheted off of the Vance Monument, where to this day the monument has a scar. Ricocheted off the Vance Monument, broke through a pane of glass in a shop across the street, destroyed a plaster vase, and ended up embedded in the back of a box of cigars. That's how powerful that weapon was. Victim number five. And at that point, that's when Will Harris, I guess, figured it was time to get out of there. And so he kept on moving, and he ran down the hill off toward the area that we now call Biltmore. That night, a huge posse of locals formed, over 1,000 men. Um, Finkelstein's pawn shop was so upset that he had used a gun he bought from them that the pawn shop owner opened the doors and said to the mob, the the posse, come inside, take whatever weapons you need, just go track down this SOB. So the next day, they got Will Harris finally. They pinned him down. They cornered him in a thicket, a bunch of brush, out toward, uh, well, past Biltmore and out, you know, down Henderson Ro- Hendersonville Road like you're going toward Arden. And I'm including these details for, for locals. And he wouldn't surrender. So they were like, fine. So the this posse opened up and just blasted that thicket. And when they pulled his dead body out of there, it was riddled with over 100 bullets. Uh, so he was the last victim of the killing spree he began six people and let's hope it stays that way um they threw him on a wagon and they took him downtown and propped his bullet riddled corpse up and people were so angry that they were running over and shooting his corpse and the policeman had to hold people back and say no no you know he's he's dead enough and don't worry, you know, and where were you when we needed you? We don't need you now, that kind of stuff. And then they shipped his body off to Raleigh. And to this day, nobody knows what happened to Will Harris's corpse. It's one of these weird mysteries in history. It seemed to vanish. Maybe he's part of a collection in some private collector's you know, basement, who knows. But not surprisingly, right after that, well, guess what? People started seeing the ghosts of these murder victims all up and down Eagle Street and around that whole block in Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria. Uh, usually, typically, 
one would see the apparition of a person with their head blown off or some kind of blood and brains and gore spilling out horrible frightening stuff you know these people stumbling these phantoms stumbling down the street um when doug Beatty, who created barley's taproom and pizzeria and i believe 1993 was 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 building that place and renovating that space he said that he had the hardest time even keeping people employed there because they would see too many ghoulish things he brought up one uh, guy to sand floors at night a guy an older fella from south carolina and doug said that uh after a couple days the guy quit and he said listen he said first off the elevator's going up and down all night when nobody's on it secondly i keep hearing people talk and scream in the middle of the night down below and he goes finally i turn around i see somebody here who looks like they've just been shot to pieces and then they disappear he goes i'm out of here he said you don't even have to pay me to this day people will tell you if you go into barley's tap room and pizzeria they'll tell you about seeing ghosts there and occasionally somebody will capture a picture of something ghostly as well the whole area is haunted though not just because of the will harris murders but behind them is the area where the old gallows used to be where criminals would be hanged and one of the old jails was back there where the most bizarre things happened like in april of 1908 some kind of a creature we call or they call the ghoul like a little gremlin appeared and was terrorizing the prisoners at night and then you go the other way from where barley's is up the street and you have church street which is haunted by all kinds of phantoms it used to be a cemetery there and there's a nun that runs around scaring the crap out of people a lot of people in Asheville they know about <clears throat> the Lazoom bus tour and um it's actually a comedy tour and basically uh the people who run Lazoom are friends of mine and what they pretty much do is satirize my content you know they make a parody out of it and they have somebody who dresses up like the nun and runs around that street at night uh so you have lots of options uh, if you're in Asheville I hope you'll take our real tour and then maybe you'll check out the comedy tour and that way you'll get all the jokes I guess but if you let's say you you you're never going to come to Asheville, North Carolina, because if you do, of course, you get to take my haunted Asheville walking tour, and I have the best guides in the world. I promise you that you get to go into the mystery museum and see the artifacts I've collected, including Art Bell's alien statue. And, you know, it's a damn shame Art just passed away a few days ago. And then I also have a fedora in there that my friend Jim Mars wore when he was investigating pyramids in Central America. And Jim died last year. Um, but, I, you know, all this stuff is authenticated. You know, everything's signed and valid, valid, validated and verified. It's kind of funny because I remember when I got the hat from Jim, I was at his house uh, Lauren and I were very lucky that we got to um, to spend the night at his home, and he and his wife Carol were just uh, the most fantastic hosts, if you will. And um, you know, Carol made us dinner, and we sat around, and drank tequila, and it was just a, it was a wonderful memory. But I told Jim, I said, I want to get one of your fedoras because he was famous for wearing the fedoras. I said, I want to get one of your fedoras, 
to put in the museum and I don't want there to be any doubt that this was your fedora so he, he printed out a picture of him wearing the thing and then he signed the picture and then he wrote in his own hand I wore this fedora when I was exploring Chichen Itzu blah 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 and then he signed the brim of the fedora and he, after that he was like if anybody doubts I wore this damn fedora they can go screw themselves <laughs> so I was, uh, I was happy that when I was there I took those measures and you know what Art Bell's alien statue same thing I got Art Bell standing with the alien I have pictures of him signing it I have a handwritten letter from Art with the provenance I mean the stuff in my museum is the real deal and everything is as uh, certified and qualified and authenticated as you're going to find but let's say you're never going to make it to Asheville or at least not in the foreseeable future well there's something you should know if you enjoyed the story that I just told you you can hear me tell you many of the stories from the Haunted Asheville walking tour in my own voice if you download the Haunted Asheville app and if you go to hauntedashville.com and you scroll down to the bottom you'll find the app now it's not available right now for Apple products um, but if you can listen to it I, it does cost a little bit I forget how much it costs it's no more than five dollars and it's designed so that if somebody wants to take a tour when we don't have a tour available well the idea is that it's got a map and GPS and it gives you instructions on how you can do a self-guided tour but it works just as well for you just to hear the stories being told because you can download this as an app and you can just go through and listen to me tell you the stories and um, you can imagine you're walking through the streets and it might even be cool if you pull up a little aerial map or whatever of Asheville and you, you kind of take a look at it you know Google makes that easy for you these days but anyhow um, whether you visit us here or you just want to download the app or whatever hauntedashville.com has got all that information so hopefully you find the, these kinds of stories as interesting as I do I was talking to a couple last night on the tour and I was telling them you know you can go to a city and you might go and run all over that city and have a good time and go home and say oh that was great but if you go to a city and you have a good tour guide who can describe to you vividly what happened at a certain place and sort of mentally take you back in time it becomes sort of like organically augmented reality where you are able to overlay these things from the past with what is there now in the present and it enhances and enriches your experience so much that when you go home you have a completely different memory of that city and its significance and so I always tell people you know being born and raised in Asheville and having both of my uh, family sides mom and dad's side from Asheville going all the way back for hundreds of years um, when I produce content for these tours I try to produce content that will even surprise somebody else who's from Asheville so it doesn't matter if you've never been to Asheville or you've lived here your whole life if you take my haunted Asheville walking tour you should learn things that you have never heard before and if you don't then I will give you your money back that's how confident that I am all that is at hauntedashville.com that said can you believe now 
in less than a month we will be in the middle in the middle of my big event in Vegas I tell you what my room block has already sold out so that's gone that's gone but I got an email yesterday from a man who uh, was attending the event and he was almost in tears because he said I was so looking forward to this but there's no way as it turns out I'm going to be able to travel to Nevada and um, really terrible Um, I'm not going to get into his personal situation but uh, so here's what I'm finding is happening even though the room block is sold out right when I'm about to announce that the event is sold out then it seems like somebody will cancel and then somebody will reserve and so we're kind of hovering around that sold out area right now so if you want to take uh, advantage of this if you want to be with me for three days in Las Vegas for this huge event called Finding Your Magic How to Hack Reality um, it's too late for you to take advantage of our our rooms because we sold out our rooms but if I still have a space for the event I will do my best um, to make that available if you've waited here to the last minute and so all you have to do is go to the website and I'll keep it updated with the latest information but uh, if you go to the website and you do not see big red letters that say all sold out then that means there is still a way that you can attend the event and if you have any questions about that all you have to do is email me and uh, you'll find my email address there as well so that's exciting it's going to be big it's going to be a life changer for everybody i promise you that okay i believe that's going to do it for uh, the podcast today uh, this is called joshua p warren daily and my website is joshua p warren.com if you go to joshua p warren.com you'll find a link at the top to my big event in vegas You'll also find a link to the Haunted Asheville Tours. And again, you can scroll down that page and find the uh, app. Uh, You'll find a link to the Curiosity Shop, which has all kinds of cool, unique stuff that you won't find anywhere else. Lots of pictures and video and just all kinds of goodies. You'll also find a link to this podcast. And if you click that link, then you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. This podcast is always free. It's always short. And if you go to my Twitter page or my Facebook page, I'm also going to include some pictures for you from the tour that I guided last night. So, uh, hopefully you're having a bit of a warmer April spring experience than we are here in the mountains of western North Carolina. But hey... I told you, April is an unpredictable month. So that said, thank you for your interest and support. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.